It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey LaBounty and Nick Wiggins. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to a fantastic football field Friday on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Nick Wiggins joining you this afternoon and an action-packed show for you. And then following the final drive, we will have... Pigskin Pete leading us up to our WNSP High School Football Game of the Week. The Spartans of Sarah Land, the number one ranked team in 6A, will be hosting Robertsdale this evening. So you don't want to turn that dial. You want to keep it locked in to WNSP 105.5 up until midnight. Tonight mm -hmm. is where we have you covered and. We need to hear from you guys. Download that free Sound of Mobile app to any Apple or Android device that you have, and you'll be able to keep us up to date on the scores and what you're hearing and seeing. I know last night I was at Lad Stadium keeping everyone posted on the Williamson and BC Rain scores, so we love when you jump in the app and join our conversation, that free download Sound of Mobile app. Nick Wiggins. It's yes, a sir. fantastic field football Friday right. on WNSP. That's right, man. Look, it's the last time we can talk before I would say the most important games for Alabama and for Auburn and for my Colorado Buffaloes. If Auburn can win in Texas A&M, all of a sudden it goes from, wow, this was a good start to Hugh Freeze's Auburn coaching career to, man, elite, elite rookie year for a coach at Auburn. If Nick Saban can win against Ole Miss, now all of a sudden the narrative is going to become, uh-oh, this Alabama got it. This Is Alabama figuring it out? Was Texas just a tough matchup? Was USF just a fluke? Was that just a televised practice pretty much? And then if Colorado beats Oregon, you already know I'm going to have to come in in my sunglasses and my hat and my, my Falcon. I got a Deion Sanders Falcons jersey somewhere. I think it's in my closet, my old closet, my mom's house. I need to go dig that out and wear that. Because, see, I was, I was a hipster in that way. I was on the primetime hype train before he was at Colorado. No, I, I'm still, I still don't believe nothing's going to change that. But if they were to win or against Oregon, that would that would have to flip your no, mindset. Absolutely, it would not. What? It would not change my mindset about See, the Colorado. Now Buffalo you're just getting year. set in your ways. You're get, you're getting old. You're becoming a grumpy old man over there. No, man. what, what you're telling me? Listen, yep. audience. Yep. If Deion Sanders beats Oregon. Your opinion is still you don't believe? My opinion still is I do oh not believe. Oh, my goodness. People call me a hater. No hater there. Just stating the facts that there's a lot more work that he has to continue to do in order for me to become a believer. Now, what, what does he have to do? 
wait until <laughs> next year. Cure when, the blind, nope, heal the sick. Nope, wait until, <laughs> wait until next year when there's a 12 college football playoff and he's able to get the Buffaloes in. Okay. That's when I'll become a believer. That's right. when I'll definitely and now, become a believer. If Alabama beats Ole Miss in convincing fashion, well, see, they don't even have to. You still believe that. I'm already <laughs> a believer there, Nick. All right, I mean, listen, people make fun of me all the time about putting on my crimson-colored glasses. That's right. All right? Look, how crimson can they be if I think that Auburn is going into College Station and defeating Texas A&M? They can still be pretty cr- pretty dang crimson. But that's what's great about this show, because while yours are crimson, mine are uh, whatever the opposite color of that is. I don't have a color wheel in front of me. But, okay, but you <laughs> would agree then that if Hugh Freeze does go in and win that Texas A&M game, yeah. that all of a sudden that puts Texas, I mean, Hugh Freeze into another stratosphere of, coaching debuts as you know for a whole season at least i mean 4-0 you beat texas a&m like that that's a hot hot start it really is i I think that auburn we've talked about it this entire week you have to go in and not turn over the football and that's what's going to be fun to sit and watch and i I know can't wait to hear at 3:30 jake crane's take jay boy crane we always have him on fridays and he always gives us great insight. And sometimes you agree with him. Sometimes I disagree with him. And that's what's great. Al Whedon at 4 o'clock will be bringing us up to date with the MCPSS Television Network High School Football Game of the Week. And we'll even get Travis Brown from the Eagle covers the Texas A&M Aggies. We'll get his perspective as we heard yesterday from David Eckert on the Ole Miss perspective. We know plenty about what's going on with Alabama and Auburn, but we'd like to to find out kind of what's going on with their opponents. And right. it's a it's a great Saturday field with top 25 matchups that I'm looking forward to. You look at Florida State at Clemson. That's a good one. Dabo Sweeney, the the Tigers, not ranked. Florida State, you saw what they were able to do against LSU. Struggle win last week against Boston College. They're playing at Clemson. So that's a game that all eyes are going to be. We know at the same time Alabama plays Ole Miss, Colorado and Oregon will be battling. Going back to Florida State, Clemson, before we go through the rest of the list. Sure. If Florida State wins that game, they are in the college football playoff. That is by far going to be, like, look at their schedule. That's as tough as it gets from here on out. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be Lee Corso a day early right. on that one. Who is now, it then? You have to look. You have to look and remember here. Florida State at Boston College. Yes. Boston College doesn't have those blunders. Florida State goes down. So, on Florida State's schedules, there are already letdown possibilities outside of them winning the ACC championship. So, I wouldn't I wouldn't go ahead and crown Florida State as of yet. But the odds it, are in their favor. Without question that? the odds are in their favor. But you no, know, look, no I you do have a ranked Duke that they're going to play. A ranked Miami team 
And now a number 25 ranked Florida team, that's and that's in say. the swamp. That's why I say not so fast. I'm not ready to crown Florida State just uh, as I might of yet. Yeah, even, the even if they dominate Clemson, which I don't think they're going to do. I think this is going to be a very, very close game. And like I said, Colorado at Oregon, and that's going to be at the same time Alabama is playing Ole Miss. And UCLA taking on Utah. Utah, they, they, they were a believer in the preseason. And when they handled Florida the way they did, going to Utah is no easy feat. Arkansas, LSU, the battle for the boot. Nice matchup there for the LSU Tigers, the way that they whooped up on Mississippi State a week ago. Arkansas softened up by BYU. It would be huge for Sam Pittman to get a, a win. Oregon State at Washington State, Ohio State at Notre Dame. That's that. You know, we want to talk about playoff potential. I think Notre Dame is good. I think Sam Hartman looks good, but I'm not the only one who thinks Notre Dame's good. On Pat McAfee today, they had Lou Holtz interview Lou Holtz. They had, I don't know who it was on his team, but they had like a Lou Holtz mask (laughs) on. But here's what he thinks about the Notre Dame-Ohio State matchup. Notre Dame is a better football team than Ohio State. <laughs> Love hearing that. Please, coach. And, and let me tell you why. We have the best offensive line in the country. Sam Hartman won't even get his jersey dirty all year. He has time to throw the football. The offensive line, we have great running backs. Esteem is averaging about 10 yards a carry. We have great receivers. So offensively, we're set. Defensively, our defensive line's better. And you look at Coach Day, and I coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes. We won the national championship when I was there. That's right. So I'm proud of that. However, <laughs> he has lost to Alabama, Georgia, twice. Clemson, twice. Michigan twice. And everybody that beats him does so because they're more physical than Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame will take that same approach. I know that our schedule it hasn't been the best. We're 103rd in strength of schedule. However, that doesn't bother me. Well, he says Ohio State soft. Yeah, you, listen, I have Ohio State again in my college football Final Four. Okay, so do I think they're going to beat Notre Dame? Yes, I do, and I know that it's going to be a great game. But is there a better voice that is more recognizable? than that of Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz just has that lisp that you're not going to miss. And I know so many people try to do and do his voice, but that's hard to do. But that game on NBC tomorrow night, it's going to be worth it. I'm looking forward to that. And Texas at Baylor is another one. Now, who do you have in that? I got. I'm going with Notre Dame. I'm rocking with my guy Lou on this one. You you have to go Ohio State. You have to go Ohio State. Barely been beating nobodies, man. Notre Dame, man. Sam Hartman, he's good. No, I'm I'm going Ohio State just because. Again, I, I told you what my college football playoff looks like, and Ohio State is in there. Texas at Baylor, Iowa. At Penn State, we know all the problems that Iowa and Iowa State have had with the gambling issues. Iowa has been able to say, look, we're cracking the top 25. We're at Penn State. 
I don't really give them a chance to win against the Nittany Lions. But there are some great games on Saturday for us to tune into. And what was great last night was listening to Hey Coach and Nick Saban kind of give us better examples of what the mentality is of the football team moving forward, especially into this Ole Miss game. You know, I think some people, you know, want things to happen. Other people wish things will happen. And, you know, some people make things happen. And I think that's a challenge all of us have. I mean, our fans, uh, the atmosphere in the stadium, the players, the coaches, you know, everybody involved in Alabama football needs to make it happen in terms of best spirit, positive attitude, positive energy, everybody going out and doing their best job to be their best to support the team as well as the team to do their best to play their best so that we have the best chance to be successful in this game. But I think it's big that uh, we have an atmosphere and our fans have always been great that, you know, can impact and affect this game and help our players, you know, have success in the game, which will help our confidence in terms of growing for the future. You know what that just made me think of? What? I don't think Michael, or maybe I just didn't see it, didn't send that email today for our picks. <laughs> that just like made me think of that. Uh, because I I haven't said who I think is going to win this game, right? I've alluded to Ole Miss having the odds in their favor. I've played devil's advocate. But, Corey, I will give your team the benefit of the doubt. I do think Alabama is going to win this game. Ugly, pretty, sloppy, I don't know. I think that they're going to be fired up based off Texas coming in and smacking them around. And I think they're going to basically be like, nah, nah, we can't let this happen two weeks in a row. Well, Nick. I'm glad that I've come to the light. You have <laughs> come to the light this past, this day. And for all our listeners out there, go ahead and mark it down that Nick has come to the light on this particular Friday Look, I, afternoon. I didn't have Alabama going 0-12, okay? I call it like I see it. I'm a realist. I'm a realist. Well, I, I think really you picking the Alabama Crimson Tide is great for you, Nick. Or am I cursing them? No, you're not <laughs> cursing them. Now, now your pick of the Jets winning the Super Bowl, that was a curse for Aaron Rodgers. Well, and then I picked the Cowboys. And that was a curse for Trayvon Diggs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully but, everyone comes but, out of there healthy. But, but Alabama, we want them to come out there healthy. And, and Nick Saban, speaking on the mentality of it, and he also yesterday gave a little insight in to Chris Lowe about, hey, I guaranteed and I promised all three of our quarterbacks that they would play, whether it was Buckner, whether it was Simpson, whether it was Milrow. He held up his end of the deal. He held up his bargain. Now, when we talked about body language yesterday, about how Milrow approached it, what did he do? Was his performance versus Texas reason for him to lose his starting job going into the South Florida game? Well, obviously, you can hear Nick Saban talk about how Jalen Milrow handled the news of Nick Saban promising the other two quarterbacks an opportunity right. against South Florida and the way Milrow responded. And because of that, goes back to body language. So I think that 
the game on Saturday is going to boil down to Alabama getting pressure against Ole Miss and frustrating Jackson at the quarterback position. I think it's going to be Alabama's O-line being able to produce and protect Jalen Milrow and having a game plan that's going to make Milrow very effective because I don't think that Ole Miss is going to score 28 to 35 points no. against Alabama's I, defense. I would project like a 20 to 17 game. Nitty, gritty, low scoring, and ugly. But just enough to give Alabama fans some hope and to get the W. Well, we've talked about the college football matchups. Not going to overlook South Alabama and Central Michigan for homecoming tomorrow at 4 o'clock at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But we had NFL results also from last night. We'll dabble a little bit in the NFL as well. You're listening to The Final Drive on WNSP 105.5. Hi, this is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. Welcome back to the final drive. And this is becoming a daily thing, Corey. On the line with us right now is St. David. St. David, what's up, man? Hey guys, Corey, Nick must have either eaten his Wheaties this morning, or like most Atlanta Falcons fans, he's secretly jealous of all things Saints and has decided to finally agree with me on something. <laughs> no, I, I think I did hit my head pretty hard. <laughs> because he uh, because he gave me so much grief yesterday when I called in with the St. David Box of the Week, picking Alabama to win by four in the last two minutes of the game, and then he's come basically uh, agreeing with me today that uh, that that Alabama's going to win uh, win the game and they're going to win uh, uh, probably uh, probably ugly. So I just wanted to say, call in and give him a little bit of grief about that. But uh, and I will say this: if I am right with my Box of the Week, I am coming in and I'm running in and giving you that Barney hug that I promised you. The beginning of the, the well, football look, season, uh, Corey. And uh, with that, I do have a high school football question. I'm going to shift gears on you a little All bit. Right, sure. uh, my uh, that uh, four and one uh, Daphne at four and zero Baker has to be the high school uh, game of the week, don't you guys think? And who do you think is going to win? My four and one Daphne uh, Trojans or the or the four and zero uh, four and zero Baker uh, Hornets? I believe they are. Yeah, it's a, it's a big-time 7A Region 1 matchup. You also have Davidson at Fairhope that is big-time for 7A competition. And you look at last night, MGM and Bryant were the only other 7A matchups that were going on. So, yes, this game right here is going to be huge for the Baker Hornets. Now, as far as predicting or picking a winner, I will say – the team with the most points at the end of the game oh, is going to be the team that's going to win Oh, come on, Corey. Don't, uh, don't take the easy way out. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I like, you know, Kenny King has really gotten things turned around. The transfers that came in have helped him. Uh, Baker has an explosive offense. If Baker's defense rises to the occasion, then I think Baker's got to stop this 
dampen the offense who's been scoring in bunches. So if Baker's able to do that, I'm going to like Baker because of Bryce Kane and Josh Flowers. So that's the route I'm going to go there. And listen, St. David, I disagreed with you because you said that Jalen Milrow is going to do some kind of miraculous two-minute drill comeback. If that's what's needed, Alabama's going to lose. Alabama needs to be up, they need to stay up, and they need to capitalize on Lane Kiffin potentially being greedy. Got like a minute here. Got my guy Jeremy on the line. Jeremy, what's up, man? What's up, man? Um, I just wanted to, to tell both of y'all, Corey, I like I like whatever whatever you said a few weeks ago for MGM and, and Foley that, uh, that the quarterback for MGM – was doing a really good job, and he was going to uh, transfer into South Alabama. That's actually really good. And about Alabama, Jalen Milrow, he's a really good quarterback, but you got to look at Auburn because Auburn, a few weeks ago, I don't know if you've seen whenever I put it on the app, Mr. Corey, but uh, Auburn's football team, the whole entire football team got totally baptized. Every coach, every staff member, everything. That's what I like about that college football. And I, and I listen to your comments. Jeremy, thank you so much for calling into the final drive. You're absolutely right. That platform that Hugh Freeze has been able to use is tremendous. That redemption story that Hugh Freeze is all about is tremendous because you can you can talk about his past life and the mistakes that he's made, but you know I, I will tell you we've all made mistakes, and if you yeah. haven't made a mistake, then come see me you and sit next life. to me in right. the studio. That's right. Come next to me and sit to me next to me in the studio if you haven't made mistakes in life. But Hugh Freeze is is writing all of his wrongs. He's he's saying and doing all of the right things at Auburn. He's making a difference. Jared Hollins is a difference maker for the MGM Vikings. South Alabama is getting a phenomenal athlete, one of the best quarterbacks coming out of the state of Alabama. His numbers say that last night MGM victorious big time fashion over Alma Bryant 42 to 7 and Jaron Hollins he's that dude he's going to find people he's going to make his mark at South Alabama the final drive on WNSP 105.5 continues Jake Crane my long lost uh, twin my Siamese twin separated at birth J-Boy is coming through the final drive next here on WNSP 105.5 Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, three-time All-American College Football Hall of Fame, and you're listening to WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty, along with Nick Wiggins, joining you on this fantastic football field Friday. We'll be with you here on WNSP all the way up until midnight. Pigskin Pete Show will be following us here on the final drive, then get settled in for Sarah Land versus Robertsdale. And then when you look at taking your calls up until midnight on all the high school action having your chance to also qualify for two tickets to the SEC championship game in Atlanta 
through picking the seven games. You'll be able to qualify here on the final drive in hour number two to see if your predictions are right on our college and NFL games. And we always love to hear the predictions on college and NFL games from our next guest, Jake J-Boy Crane, host of the National Sports Show, Crane and Company. Jake, how's it going this Friday, my brother? You there, Jake? Hello, hello? We might have lost him. Let's let's hit him up again. Uh, no, oh, there we go. Yes, sir. We got you now, hey, brother. There we go. There we go. Uh, no, nah, man. I mean, every time I talk to you guys, we're a, uh, a day away from a great slate of college football. But, man, this weekend's not going to disappoint. No, it, it's really not. And before we get into what's happening this weekend, just wanted to get your quick thoughts on this promotion and relegation model study that's being proposed moving forward. Oregon State and Washington State are really the ones that are kind of out of gas a little bit. Uh, do you like this model? Do you think it could possibly work for college football, especially with the conference realignments? Yeah, you know, we actually did a uh, kind of did this experiment on Crane and Company uh, about a month and a half ago and came up with a model that we thought could possibly work. But, but the wall you keep running into is how am I supposed to go from you're in a conference, like if, if, if we're going to do relegation and you're going to say, all right, well, you're the team that finished last in the SEC, well, now you're playing the team that finished first in the Sun Belt. How do you how do you reconcile making eighty million dollars a year from TV revenue as opposed to what the Sun Belt makes? I don't know if there's a a way in that you know you get grandfathered into at least a year full of that same payment. That that's the wall you keep running into. I, I, I deep down though, just I, I go off instinct. I, I don't want it. I, I I don't want it. I don't think it's gonna work like like the the way that. Uh, in theory, a lot of things work good, right? But in practice, a lot of them fall apart. Understood there. And what is also understood is the fact that we do have some great top 25 matchups. And before we dig into Alabama and Auburn, Notre Dame and Ohio State, to me, are really going to be the top-tier matchup that I'm looking forward to that could decide ultimately Who's making the college football playoffs at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we, on Crane & Company, we've called this Separation Saturday for a couple weeks now. And, and when you look at this game, uh, th there's a lot that goes into it. You know, this isn't your grandfather's Notre Dame where, you know, they're, they're pretty good up front, not super athletic at the skill position, and if you get them in space, you're going to beat them. Uh, this is kind of an upgraded version of Notre Dame, and when I look at when I look at this game and I break it down, you know I think Notre Dame is going to try and be methodical. Uh, I I don't know if, if Kyle McCord and them uh, can lack greediness enough in this game to be able to nickel and dime Notre Dame all the way down the field. You know nobody's greedier in this world than quarterbacks and offensive coordinators, especially when you have guys like Marvin Harrison and Ibuka and Stover and all those guys. I think Notre Dame is going to play umbrella coverage try and stop the run with two high safeties and say, all right, Kyle McCord, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us with a check down and the hitches. I don't know if he's got that in him. I like Notre Dame this weekend. Great. I, I'm, I like the fact that you like Notre Dame because I like Ohio State. 
to find a way to get it done and try to make their case as to why they are an elite program up until the time when they play Michigan. And we could go from that game to going right here in our backyard in the SEC. You do look at the Auburn Tigers going into College Station and trying to shake up week one of the SEC. I think the biggest thing for the Tigers are the turnovers and the fact that are they 100% healthy going in to College Station. Yeah, and, and look, it's as far as it goes, I, I mean, Corey, I, you know you're my boy, but you were all over Bama over Texas, so I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to stick with what I got. But, right. but when I look at at Texas and Bama, or excuse me, when I look at, at Auburn and Texas A&M, you know, the funny part is Auburn's actually gaining pieces. Um, I think people forget that. You know, Nehemiah Pritchett hadn't played all year. You're getting Donovan Kaufman back, who actually fits better in this Ron Roberts system than he did in the system before. But A&M's been able to stack recruiting class on recruiting class at the end of the day. They have more depth. They have better personnel. This game, in my opinion, and look, A&M hasn't run the ball nearly as well as what I thought they'd be able to this year. But even if you shut A&M down in the run game, I don't know if Auburn has a good enough pass rush being able to rush four or even five. I think they're going to have to find a way to manufacture pressure, probably with six. And regardless of how good your secondary is, if you're going to rush six and you can't get there, you can't cover guys for five and a half and six seconds. I don't care who you have in the back end. That's the biggest worry for Auburn. But on the flip side, all the pressure's on Texas A&M. I mean, Auburn's basically playing with house money. Uh, A&M, you're hearing all these reports from Feldman, these other guys at the boosters have the money together to be able to get rid of Jimbo. So the longer Auburn hangs around in this game, the more I think you're going to see A&M press. Uh, And I like, I I took A&M minus six and a half when I could grab it. Uh, But do not be surprised at all. Here's the biggest problem that Auburn has on offense is one that would surprise you. You know, I came on here and we talked about, and Corey, I think you guys would agree with me, we questioned, does Peyton Thorne run the ball well enough Mm -hmm. to be able to operate this RPO system? And he does. Does he throw the ball well enough to be able to operate this RPO system? And he does. But he's not reading it right. He's not reading it at a good enough clip to be able to be effective in this offense. And if he does that against A&M and he's making bad reads in the RPO and Auburn can't rely on it, A&M's going to win this game by double digits. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see A&M getting away on like a 10-point type victory. And you say there's a lot of pressure, but look, pressure makes diamonds. And another team that has a lot of pressure is Alabama Crimson Tide. Nick Saban coming off that dud of a game against USF. The quarterback carousel, have we finally landed? I don't know. But can the Padawan finally beat the master? Can Kiffin finally get one on old Papa Saban? Huh. Well, you know, look, it, it, Lane is great on social media, but the, but he, he needs to stop being a stand-up comedian and being better than 1-19 in 19 versus teams that have nine wins or better in the year. <laughs> um, and I don't trust, after watching that Tulane game, I have a very hard time trusting Ole Miss up front. Now, Alabama is not nearly what Alabama has been up front, but I think you're going to see them kind of adjust the offense to fit Jalen Milrose's strength. Now, the biggest question is, you know that Alabama has nothing behind Jalen Milrow. So how much are you actually going to run Jalen Milrow? 
I just have a hard time trusting Ole Miss up front. And I know Jackson Dart seems he's grown a little bit. He's leading the SEC in quarterback rush yards per attempt. But he still looks through intermediate defenders in the pass game. From a betting standpoint, I am not touching this game. I could not be further away from this game. I would not be shocked if Alabama gets right a little bit against Ole Miss this weekend. I stayed up. I'm not. Hey, look, Alabama over Ole Miss for sure this week, Jake, for myself. But I stayed up till 1:30 Central Time last week to see what Colorado and Colorado State were going to deliver <laughs> to us. And, I mean, that's 2.30 Eastern for a lot of folks who had to get up the next day and go to work or church or whatever they do on a Sunday. But, man, the, the ratings were second to none for ESPN. The performances on the field were second to none for Colorado and Colorado State. I'm still not a believer in the Colorado Buffaloes, Jake. I'm not a believer yet. And I think that this week and next week, too, Colorado and their fans are going to come crashing back down to where a lot of people felt that they would be to begin this year with some losses. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think Colorado's already won at the end of the day. I mean, you look at the PR that Dion and them have, got, have gotten. But make no mistake, it's one thing to be the hunter and you're out there shooting – arrows against antelopes and animals that are easy to kill, it's hard to kill a rhinoceros with a bow and arrow. And when I look at this game, Oregon is a, a very different level of competition, especially up front. And you don't have Travis Hunter, you know, pun intended, who hurts you on both sides of the ball by not having them. I like Oregon in this game huge. I think Dan Lanning, that, do not make any mistake. Teams are trying to send a message in the recruiting world to recruits about Colorado, and if Dan can score 70, he's going to score 70. This is a different flavor of ice cream that Colorado is going to play, and I am all over Oregon this weekend. Best bet of the weekend. I like Oregon big. Bo Nix having a chance to make a, have a Heisman moment against Shadur Sanders. They're going to score as many as they can score. Yes. Uh, I think they are going, the Ducks are going to paddle themselves to a nice whooping of the Buffaloes. I won't, I won't disagree that everyone is just salivating, being wanting to be the first one to humble Deion Sanders. <laughs> I definitely get that. But, for me at least... I've seen nothing to not believe that this game isn't going to be close. Deion what, what do you mean? Colorado State is not a good football team. They lost look, in overtime and committed think, 17 penalties. I think that we like, – Look, we, we talk about teams overlooking teams and trap games. I think when they, the whole they made it personal, the hey, order these $72 sunglasses that aren't coming in till December, by the way, so that sucks for me. But – I think they got caught up in all the publicity. Now they know, hey, yo, this is some real competition. We got to focus in. You got a <laughs> high top-tier Heisman candidate in Shadur Sanders. 
What's the line? 23 and a half points? There's no way. Now, now Oregon might score 50. It's 21 right now, but i tell you this. If you told me that I was having to fight John Jones three weeks from now, I could be as focused as anybody on the planet, and he's still going to beat me to sleep. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, science is science, physics is physics, and best believe, Oregon and TCU, they're not Nebraska. They can catch a snap. They're not Colorado State. This is going to be a murder on live no TV Y'all like are going you've off never seen before based, in your life. Y'all are going off those science-based takes. I'm faith-based over here. Here we go, I believe. Jake. Well, yeah, good, good luck with that. <laughs> good. And here's the thing. Good luck with that, my friend. And listen, I, at the end of the day, it's college football. Who really knows? But I know that it's going to be a murder. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Hey, I'll, it won't I'll be I'm, no it there's no way that Oregon uh covers. No. There's no way you're going to go on record saying yeah. there's no way Oregon covers 21. You were with me with Texas. <laughs> I was. You were with me with Bussy. And I, then all of a sudden, you Anakin hey, yo, Skywalker I'm, me at the last I'm moment. A, I'm with, with you. Cop. That's fine. Hey, look. That's fine. Dark side, Nick. Hey, Dark even, side, Nick. Even the greatest couples have little disagreements, okay? <laughs> look, I'm with you on Notre Dame. I'm with you on A&M. <laughs> I'm with you on Bama. But my guy, Dion. Prime time. Don't let his confidence offend your insecurities. Jake. No, oh, okay. Well, guess what? Get, let, let me tell you a story about Dion's not playing a snap on Saturday. Come on. He's going to be on the sidelines. Preach. There's no Travis Hunter, Nick. Preach. Nick, here you go. Okay. What, what are you going to do? Preach. What are you going to do? Oregon's going to score 50, at least 50. <laughs> I'll put the rent on that. Yeah, hey, hey, his well, rent is on and, the line, and you Nick. Don't think, you don't think Colorado – can get them 35, 40? No. No, I don't. I don't. I do not think that. I could not think more opposite of that. Here, you want me to tell you what the score is going to be? It's probably going to be 55 to 13. That's no probably way. what it's going to be. Hey, Jake, I'm telling you right no now, way. I will be at the South Alabama game against Central Michigan, but check your <laughs> inboxes, brother. Check your inboxes throughout the Corey, game. Corey, For sure. Put this man. Yeah, yeah. I, my, hey, when I come in next Friday, I want the intro to be what Nick just said. If you do not mind, if that is okay, if that is allowed, yes, I want is. the intro to be on that. this. He's got to learn. It he's he's going to learn this, right. this weekend. And if, look. We counted out Dion against TCU. He proved us wrong. They counted him out against Nebraska. He proved us wrong. We Who thought they were going to blow out Nebraska? Colorado Nebraska's State. Terrible, dog. Look, what we, do you mean? We thought they were going to blow out Colorado State. He proved us wrong. Who, now. Who thought we were going to blow out Colorado? You been, are you in the team meetings at Colorado? You're, you're getting lost hey, in the they're, sauce, they're all on YouTube. You're lost in the they're sauce all right on now. YouTube. Let me bring you back. He's drowning. Come on. He's Follow drowning. the light. No, he's man. drowning. I'm sipping that Kool-Aid, and I'm swimming in it. Hey, hey there is no Kool-Aid over here. He, he's done drowned in the sauce, Jake. I can promise I'll you that. I'll the sunglasses. I'd be wearing them today if they came in in time. He, he's already drowned oh. in the sauce, and I can't wait for the Ducks to go ahead and paddle the Buffaloes <laughs> to sleep. Without question, they're not even going – look, bad Bo Nicks, Auburn fans, that's all they talk about is bad Bo Nicks, but they're going to see a better Bo Nicks and one who's going to put up the type of numbers that's going to say, hey, look, man, I, I'm trying to play myself and not only to the Reese's Senior Bowl, but I'm trying to play myself into yeah. another big 
big-time billboard Corey, that he's already has. They got billboards in New York right now, dog. <laughs> Putting this on Times Square. You don't think you don't think Dan's trying to get this man his shine? Absolutely. They're going to kill him. I love They're it, Jake. They're going to kill him. I love it, Jake. Right, now, now I will right. ask you this. I will say this. This is a game that I'm looking forward to seeing as well. When you do look at Dabo Sweeney and what he's been able to accomplish mm -hmm. at Clemson, you can't take away his success that he has had. Now, Duke comes in and Duke is able to beat Clemson early in the year with our guy Riley Leonard running the trigger. But you look yeah. at the, the consecutive losses that Florida State has had to Clemson. I do believe it's seven in a row, seven straight. I think that if Dabo is able to continue to, to flip this, to me, Florida State better beware right here. I know the line's only two, but that's an intriguing yeah. matchup. Yeah, look, this is another game that that I'm not touching from a betting standpoint. I, I will say, you know, that, that first loss, Clemson's a wounded animal right now because it's one thing to lose your first game and it be non-conference. It's another thing to lose it when it is conference and there's no more divisions. You lose this one, you're most likely out of the race to play in the conference championship of the ACC, and who would have thought that? Uh, with Clemson the way they've run it the, the past couple of years. But Clemson really struggles at the skill position, and that's not going to get made any easier by what Florida State's bringing in. Uh, I, I do think Cade Klubnick runs it well enough to present a problem for Florida State. But right now I do like the Seminoles. Uh, they showed us a lot who they are against LSU, and you can't get too lost in the transitive property in college football. Uh, Boston College last week, the Red Bandana game, uh, they typically play really well in that one. Castellanos, who's one of the five former UCF quarterbacks, is starting across the country right now. I am leaning Florida State right now, but I'm telling you, Clemson backed into a corner with the guys they have on defense. Is that There's a reason that spread is so tight. Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and all them out in Vegas they know something. They do know uh, and something. And this is a game I am staying away from. If I had to pick it, I would take Florida State on the money line, but I think it's going to be rather low scoring and tight. Well, we're taking you, Jay Crane. We'll talk to you again next Friday here on The Final Drive. This is Brad Nessler, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. I gotta have faith. I gotta have faith. Because I got to go for faith. Where the faith? Hey, 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 listen. You're gonna need more than George Michael's faith to help you out. And for Colorado not to get busted up by these ducks. You you, you see the line is at 21, Nick. 21. Ridiculous. And you feel that Dion and them are going to have a chance to lose by less than 21. Yes. Okay. And look, Dion, even if they cover, that's still a loss. I think they can go out there and win, but I think that they will cover. Okay. All right. So I, I'm just loving the enthusiasm and the excitement that you do have for the Buffaloes. I love the fact that you did pick the Crimson Tide to defeat Ole Miss. See? And you still have Auburn losing to Texas A&M. I think that one could get away uh, from them. But I, I think it will be 
double digits. I think they'll cover. I got Colorado, I got Texas A&M, and I got Alabama. See, that's why you always need pitcher and pitcher. Someone in the app says the dilemma is to watch Bama or Oregon both race Colorado. Dual screens for sure. Double box it. You can do the quad box on YouTube TV. Can't go wrong there. Just like you can't go wrong bringing up our number two of the final drive, Al Whedon, MCPSS Television Network, joins us next to talk some high school football here on the final drive. The Sound of Mobile presents For the win! The Final Drive No, they didn't, oh my gracious yeah. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Nick Wiggins For the win! Yes! Live on 105.5 FM And streaming on the Sound of Mobile app Oh, oh, unbelievable Welcome to hour number two of the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Nick Wiggins on this fantastic football field Friday edition of the final drive. And if you haven't downloaded the Sound of Mobile app, make sure you do so to any Apple or Android device that you have so you can correspond with us in the app. You can always call us the old-fashioned way here at the station, 251 694 1055 and here at the end of this hour you will have a chance to be caller number five to qualify for two tickets to the sec championship game in atlanta you'll pick seven games seven games is what you'll have an opportunity to choose from and we'll be taking caller number number five so make sure that you tune in and listen for that and we always listen in for my guy Al Whedon on Friday nights as the MCPSS Television Network brings you the high school football game of the week and the game of the week. This coming Friday, it's going to be the Spanish Fort Toros looking to bounce back against the Theodore Bobcats. And Al, we're going to have a great game out in Theodore with a lot of special guests that are going to be attending tonight. It sure will be a lot of special guests attending tonight. Uh, one of those primary reasons Theodore is going to be dedicating their their field house to their winningest coach of all time, Joe Downey. And uh, no better time, as I like to believe it, Corey, it's it's no better time than to, to to give a person their flowers while they can smell them and see them. So Coach Downey will be on hand, his family, to receive that special dedication. And uh, Theodore is also dedicating a big jumbotron. They have a new scoreboard as well. So I guess uh, to the victor goes the spoils when you're the region champ. You get a little extra the following year. But it's going to be a real nice night tonight, real nice night. Uh, Joe Down and the family be out there. So looking forward to that. And and as you said, I'm sure Spanish Ford is looking forward to bouncing back after the uh, their second most devastating loss in school history, coming off that 49 to seven molly whopping they got from Sarah Land. So I'm pretty sure Coach Chase Smith is uh he's ready for some action tonight against the Bobcats. Well, when you look at on the defensive side of the football, what Spanish Ford does have. One is a linebacker. One is a tremendous defensive end. Two names that are going to power five schools. So I think that if it is a situation to where you're not happy with the amount of points the defense gave up, two superstars to watch for Spanish Ford tonight. 
Yeah, Colin McConaughey, he's a Louisville commit. Uh, he's got 38 tackles on the season so far, uh, seven sacks and 11 tackles for loss. And, of course, the big name that kind of happened toward the end of summer, uh, Sterling Dixon coming over from Mobile Christian uh, at Spanish Fort right now. He actually leads the team in tackles with 53 tackles. He only has three sacks, but he's an Alabama commit. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, Spanish Fort is more more so like they're running the ball this season rather than throwing it. Uh, Schamberger, Aiden Schamberger, the quarterback, sophomore, he's only thrown one touchdown pass. They've been he's been intercepted twice. They seem to run the ball a bit more. They have not a one, not a two, not a three, but a four-headed prong attack led by Sawyer Wilson, who has about 313 rushing yards. And they have another guy, Drew Williamson, behind him. He's got about 200 some yards. Then you have Justin Vines and Nebo Hickson. So they're kind of doing ball control. Uh, ironically, Spanish Ford averages 19.8 points on offense, and they're giving up 19.8 points on defense. So that's a wash right there. So I can't say the defense is stronger than the offense for the Toros. But tonight, I, I'm kind of expecting a ball game that it may not exceed 20, maybe 24 points. Uh, for the winter because I, I, both of these teams are going to use a ground approach because Steve Mask, he comes into a situation we all know Theodore is known for running the ball, uh, and it's kind of indicative. They're, they're about 60-40 running the pass. So I'm not expecting to see an air assault tonight when we head down to C.A. Douglas Field, of course. Well, one game that could potentially be high-scoring, Al, is going to be that Baker-Daphne matchup. How do you think that one's going to go? That is going to be quite interesting. The the young man from uh, Daphne who's uh, come in and just kind of just blown the roof off the past two weeks, Jamar Malone, uh, over the past two weeks, he's, I mean, he's thrown uh, uh, unbelievably. Uh, the Trojans now have upped their offensive output in the past two games. They're averaging 52.5 points. Um, and if I'm correct, Baker may have just scored again uh, on Foley from last week. They put up so many points last week. Uh that one's probably going to be, you're right, but Nick, that one's probably going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, I don't know if that bodes well saying the defense is giving up so much, but when you have a talented quarterback like Josh Flowers and this young man out of Daphne, the IMG transfer, Jamar Malone, you know, the big numbers, if you score, you got to score to try to win. This one may come down to, as we say sometimes, whoever has the ball last, whoever has the last possession will probably win the ball game. So, it would not surprise me if this game is somewhere in the nether regions of 40 to 45 to 50 points to get the win. But that's a big contest in 7A Region 1. Baker has Dothan coming to town next week. They'll be playing out of region. A lot of folks have to remember 7A Region 1 in our area only has seven teams. So uh, it's huge to get the win tonight because in a couple weeks, if, if Baker can get this region win tonight, maybe about two or three weeks, they have to play MGM. And at the rate MGM is going right now, they're undefeated. That may that ball game may determine who's going to be the number one seed going into playoffs in seven A Region One. You look at last night's contests that were played. MGM continues to roll forty-two to seven over Alma Bryant in the seven A Region One contest. Williamson drops it against BC Rain thirteen to two was that final score at LAD 5A Region 1 action. And you drop down and look at 4A St. Michael continues to roll on against Satsuma 42-8 winners. Any surprises from those games from last night? 
Uh, no, no surprises for me at all. Some people may say, oh, surprise, B.C. Rain got the win over Williamson. I'm not surprised. You and I saw Williamson um, last week. That was our game against Viger. So that means in eight quarters, Williamson has scored two points. Um, and from seeing it firsthand last week, I could see why. The quarterback, he's a young guy. Uh, unfortunately, he got picked off four times last week and gave up a fumble as well. So they had five turnover against against Viger. So that BC Rain team with Amari Yelding, he's a senior now. He's been playing quarterback for three years. The human bowling ball, Bryce Dowling over there. So Coach Coach Lawrence Yelding and, and the Red Raiders doesn't surprise doesn't surprise me at all. They needed that win, Corey, to kind of keep themselves in the playoff picture as well because. Last year, they got the win over Viger. That was a shock to a lot of people. But then they end up losing to Williamson. So they lost to Viger this year. Now they get the win over Williamson. If they can sneak out one more win somewhere else, B.C. Rain may be knocking in on that fourth playoff spot to get into the playoff because 6A Region 1, it's a nine-team region. So every week is important for teams like that. But no surprise with MGM, no surprise with Gulf Shores, um, and no surprise to me, no surprise at all with BC Rain getting the win last night over the uh, over the Williamson Lions. UMS right at Viger. You mentioned the Viger Wolves and the critical matchup that they've had and the problems that they had a year ago making the playoffs. Well, Terry Curtis and the Bulldogs are two and two. Viger is four and zero. It was a tough battle a year ago that UMS was able to pull out behind some guy named Cole Blaylock uh, that gave a lot of teams problems. But going to the new Viger Stadium in Pritchard, what do you think about that matchup tonight? I think that if Viger can play a clean ball game, they didn't have a lot of penalties last week. Their penalties came at the wrong time. They were they were momentum killers for them. They didn't have a lot of penalties. They only had one turnover, and it was a muffed punt. So it wasn't a turnover on offense. And it just so happens the turnover, when it came, it extended the drive for Williamson, but the defense stepped up and shut down the Lions because they pitched a shutout 12 to nothing last week. I feel if Viger can play clean ball, if they don't have any mental mistakes, they should be able to handle this ball game. Mr. Blaylock has moved on. Um to me, I'm not comparing UMS right to where a lot of people are comparing uh, University of Alabama. With you know, we're now on the other side and we're looking looking at retirement. I just think that maybe UMS right is missing one or two guys who they've had over the past couple of years they can count on to get them over that hump. I.e., Mr. Cole Blaylock. I think they're missing that element this season. Um, I think Viger can do it. This this could probably be. A ball game, maybe rounding at 24, 27-10, But if Viger makes mistakes, they could possibly lose this game. The one thing about a Terry Curtis team, they're going to play fundamental football. So they're not going to make those mental mistakes. They're not going to be driving and oh my goodness, here's a here's a, a a false start or here's a legal substitution that that kills the momentum. That's not going to happen with a Terry Curtis coach team. So if if the Wolves can keep that mindset to play clean and keep the minimal stakes down, they'll stay undefeated in region play because Coach Marcus Cook was straight up with us. He said, I want to win a region championship, and I feel this team could go deep into the playoffs to the state. So uh, I, I, I believe him when he said that. Uh, but they've got to clean some things up because offensively they played horrible last Friday night, and he knows that the defense basically won them that ball game last week. One of the other 
intriguing matchups that a lot of alumni are talking about. Kill McGill, you have Murphy McGill, the painting of the <laughs> cannon that used to be so historic that didn't become a problem till a couple of years ago. And a lot of people aren't talking about the Murphy McGill matchup. Coach Hannah, Justin Hannah from Murphy, has done a great job just trying to build a solid foundation for those young people over there at Murphy and Coach Faulkner in his first year. So you have a battle of first-year coaches with David Faulkner at McGill and Coach Hannah at Murphy. Who's going to paint the cannon tonight? Uh, uh, Corey, I am an alumnus of LaFleur High School, and our colors are orange and green. I don't think the, the cannon will be navy tonight. I'll put it to you like that. I, I think – I think Matt T is going to come through. They got a big win last week against Robertsdale. Matter of fact, their first win of the season. So, you know, I'm a guy who used to shoot pool all the time. That was a big confidence booster for the Yellow Jackets. Um, I just Murphy's just in a situation they just probably just don't have enough horses to stay in the race, uh, unfortunately. And I, I think I think Matt T is going to come out on top tonight. I think the cannon's probably going to be orange if you're making your way through the loop tomorrow morning, Corey. Some other great matchups that we'll continue to cover tonight on Pigskin's Peaks postgame show in between Spanish, excuse me, Saraland and Robertsdale. Robertsdale, the Golden Bears, coming over to get a little bit of the number one ranked Spartans. So, I, you know, I'm not even going to ask you for a prediction there, but there will be a lot of games. Gulf Shores coming into the Snake Pit, Faith Academy trying to get its winning ways back going at Centronelle. And Davidson at Fairhope is another one of those matchups, 7A Region 1, that's going to be critical to establish who makes home seating in the playoffs and who travels. Yeah, you're right about that. The Davidson-Fairhope game, to me, is going to be a bit intriguing because Davidson has put up some points this season but, you know, they've been on the short end on the stick a few times. Uh, when they played Baker a couple weeks ago, I think they got up to 39, 36 points, but they still lost the ball game. And D.J. Butler's continuing continuing to run at a mass yardage uh, in his career as he's wrapping up his senior year over at Davidson. That's going to be an interesting ball game against Tim Carden, the Pirates. That's one of those, Corey, this ball game could come back later on in the season where, say, Fairhope's playing Baker or something like that, and, and that may determine who's going to get, say, the three or four seed. For Davidson, they have been to the playoffs in a couple of years, so Rick Colley's, you know, he's doing as fine a job as he can with his, with his kids over there, and they're not going to give up. They have, they have the gumption. They have the fight to stick into it. As you've seen, they've come up on the short end of the stick past couple of weeks, but their offense has been producing some points. So if Davidson got that win tonight, it wouldn't surprise me at all over Fairhope because we you know Fairhope is kind of you know kind of going through some things and they're trying to you know get on track for seven A Region One play. So that's a critical ball game as you talked about. Uh, that's one I'm definitely keeping my eye on. And also, don't overlook Citronelle with that game against Faith Academy tonight. A lot of people will chalk up, oh, that's an easy win. You never know. The Wildcats have been real hungry this season, and uh, that, that could be a possible shocker. Uh, if they got that win, that, would, that wouldn't shock me at all. They, they've been doing a fine job trying to hang into games and playing games. It, it took Viger to overtime a couple weeks ago. I know that's a heartbreaker for the Wildcats, but uh, they're playing tough. They're playing tough ball up there, Citronelle. Tonight, Spanish Fort at Theodore. 
How can people watch that game? There's multiple platforms. Let everyone know those platforms, Al. Well, one thing I definitely want to say, a caveat before I do my normal thing, for all my folks over in Baldwin County, if you're listening, really pay attention. Mediacom does operate in Baldwin County, but you can't watch the game on Channel 81 because that's the school system's channel in Mobile County because Mediacom broadcasts in Mobile County as well. So if you're in Baldwin County, you're a Mediacom customer, you're going to have to watch this ball game on Roku, or you're going to have to watch it on Facebook or YouTube. Just want to put that out there. Even if you have ATTU version of Baldwin County, you can't watch Channel 99 because that's the education channel from Mobile County. So you've got to watch the ball game on the Roku stick, Facebook, or YouTube. For my folks in Mobile County, it's Xfinity, Channel 15, Mediacom, Channel 81, ATTU versus Channel 99. As I just said, Roku, also Facebook, and YouTube, just search MCPSS TV Network. And as I said, if you're in Baldwin County, you're going to have to watch it on the stream. You may be down there in a, a Fairhope or Montrose, like, I got Mediacom. Well, you're not going to get it on Channel 81. That, that may be a whole other channel in Baldwin County. You've got to watch it on the stream if you want to support your Toros. Good 6A Region 1 matchup tonight. Look forward to seeing you here in about an hour and a half, Al. We'll talk to you again shortly. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. We'll talk with you next week. Appreciate it. Al Whedon, MCPSS Television Network. Tonight, Spanish Fort at Theodore, honoring Joe Downey. The field house will be dedicated to him, so there will be a lot of former players and alumnus out at Theodore this evening to see that contest, and we'll see if Spanish Fort can bounce back. We'll see if Theodore and Steve Mask can continue to keep the Bobcats going. The final drive on WNSP 105.5 will return right after this. Welcome back to the final drive. And look, we've been previewing all the big college matchups. We just got done talking to Al about the big high school games, but we can't forget about the NFL, my Atlanta Falcons. They're going up north to take on the Steven Root Detroit Lions. Your Miami Dolphins got Russell Wilson and the Broncos coming to town. If, if the Broncos go 0-3, man, Russell Wilson, that trade, that's going to go down as one of the worst trades ever. Because Russell Wilson, it's not even that the team looks bad. He specifically looks really bad. Um, but for me, other than obviously my team, the game that I'm most interested in watching is that Vikings-Chargers game. That's two very, very elite top 10 offenses. They're both 0-2, so one of them is going to be looking pretty good after Sunday, and one of them is going to be really in desperation mode. They made that Cam Akers trade, but it's not looking likely that Cam Akers is going to suit up this week. Yeah, that that's that trade was a little shocking to me, but what it does, it shows how serious Minnesota yeah. wants to become. But when you're 0 and 2 and you're 0 and 2, well, we know a team's going to win. It's just going to matter Herbert, he got his bag, he got paid, and I I know that the Vikings they've been in a lot of contests, haven't been able to get over that hump. And you're still going to have a winless franchise coming out of it 
out of the first month of football, getting ready for week four. But there are some great matchups here. You do look at New Orleans traveling to Green Bay. That's I think that New Orleans people are, are, are still not sold on Derek Carr, and I think that he has a chance to prove himself because if you let love steal your shine in front of the Lambeau Field fans, that even though it's a non-divisional game, I still think with what you want out of Derek Carr, the Saints off to a 2-0 and start for the first time in over a decade, Nick. In over a decade. Wow. And that's with Derek Carr at starting quarterback. So you can't take that away from him. But beating the Packers on the road would be huge for them as they're preparing to get ready in Tampa Bay, a divisional game next week. But also last night, San Francisco takes care of the Giants. We kind of knew that this would be not so competitive game. The Giants were lucky enough to come back and beat the Cardinals last week. But one wide receiver that really showed himself up again, Debo. Yeah. Debo Samuel. We, we saw him come down here to the Reese's Senior Bowl and put on a show. You see him yards after contact. You see him play injured, six catches for 129. Debo Samuel, is he an elite wide receiver in the NFL? Are yeah. the 49ers for real? Can they yeah. win the Super Bowl? Yes, they have everything that you need. And Christian McCaffrey has scored a touchdown in 12 straight games, which is just unheard of. And... When you have an offense that has a Christian McCaffrey, that has a Debo Samuel, that has a George Kittle, you can put a guy in like Brock Purdy, and as long as he just doesn't mess things up, you're going to get the job done. Because that defense, and with Kyle Shanahan, we all know how crafty he is. The Niners are a scary team, but I also think that the Giants are a bad football team. So I don't think we learned anything uh, from last night, really. I think we... We just reaffirmed what we already knew. Giants aren't that good. Niners, really good. Well, are the Giants not that good and Daniel Jones struggles when he doesn't have Saquon? Is there a correlation no, between Saquon. no Saquon and Saquon? Well, yeah, there definitely is, but they had Saquon week one and they lost 40-0 to zero at home. Man, that, that, that game is a wash in the environment that the Giants did play. But you do look at what they were able to accomplish versus the Cardinals. Dallas is just good. They're that much better than the Giants. I, I don't care when they play again in the season. It won't be 40-0. to zero. I think the Giants are going to have a worse record at the end of the year than the Washington Commanders. Now, the Commanders taking on Buffalo is a game that I think is intriguing to watch Could also. sneaky. Washington's got a good defense. Their offenses look good, and we know Josh Allen loves to turn the ball over, so if they can take advantage of that, we'll see. Coming up next on the final drive, the UAB Blazers have a lot of mobile flavor on their roster. They take on the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens, Evan Dudley covers the UAB Blazers for AL.com. We'll find out how those Mobile Alabama products are going to do against the number one team in the country up next on the final drive.
Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty along with Nick Wiggins. And make sure you're listening in to where when we signal you to be the fifth caller, you'll be able to qualify for two tickets to the SEC championship game in Atlanta by picking seven games correctly. We combine college and pro. We're competing with the opening kickoff along with Pigskin Pete Show. So if you're able to go 7-0, you will have a chance to qualify to win two tickets to the SEC championship game in Atlanta. So be listening here shortly and become caller number five to qualify for that. And qualifying to play the number one team in the country are Trent Dilfer's UAB Blazers as they're heading to Athens and Evan Dudley covers the Blazers for AL.com. Evan, welcome to the final drive. Uh, Happy to be here. Always a pleasure to hop on. Well, I know that things have not gone the way that Trent Dilfer would like for the UAB Blazers so far this season, but it doesn't get any easier for the Blazers as they take on the number one team in the country in Athens and really want to not just battle, but I guess being embarrassed by 28-plus points is what they're trying to prevent. Uh, I would say so. Uh, their defense has really given up a lot this season, uh, you know, compared to what we saw under the Bill Clark uh, uh, defenses. Uh, David Rees, uh, now Jasper head coach, but uh, he was a defense coordinator then. But I think it's uh, a bit too early to push the panic button. Uh, you know, it is uh, Trent Duffer's first year as a college head coach. They're only three days into it. But, yes, they do have the immense challenge of trying to improve after two lackluster performances on the defensive side uh, going into Georgia. Now, Georgia does have a few injuries, but luckily, for Georgia, they have a lot of SEC depth that should cover that. Uh, uh, no problems. The great thing that I love about UAB is the fact that we get a chance to talk about our Mobile, Alabama guys. And high school football here in Mobile and Baldwin County is second to none. But when you look at leading the Blazers in rushing touchdowns, Jermaine Brown Jr., you look at receiving, you have Samario Rudolph right up there, maybe second leading receiver for the Blazers. And Matty Ice, Matt Quinn, the phenomenal kicker who we felt like has been kicking for an eternity here, not only for the Blazers, but used to be for the Toros. They are all big-time parts of this Trent Dilford squad. Uh, you're absolutely correct. You look at Jermaine Brown, uh, it's kind of his year to be the lead back. Although you have Isaiah Jacobs, a uh, younger brother of Josh Jacobs, coming in and uh, kind of splitting that role with him. But Jermaine, uh, like Isaiah, they're both uh, uh, well-versed backs. They can, uh, you know, run the ball. They can catch the ball. Uh, they can block. So, you know, those are two guys that are really big for them, especially Jermaine Brown. Uh, after kind of being in the shadow of Spencer Brown and Dwayne McBride the last few years, you know, this is his, uh, this is his uh, running back room that he has uh, control 
control over. Uh, then, you, like you said, you look at uh, Samario Rudolph, a guy who was a uh, scout team running back and then became a wide receiver, uh, you know, his, that tail end of his true freshman season. And uh, he's really turned it up uh, the last couple years, especially this season, uh, just with the opportunities afforded uh, with a high-volume passing offense. And then you look at Matt Quinn. Uh, you know, he's he had a couple misses early. Uh, he missed one last week but also made one. Of course, the miss was more about a, a, a bad snap being dropped. So, you know, he was really just lucky to get the kickoff in and out itself. But, uh, you know, he, he's had a little trouble at the beginning of the year. But, you know, Matt Quinn, he's had some of these a few times, but he always gets right back on it. Uh, you know, he's a guy with a lot of confidence. So I don't think they uh, need to worry too much about him uh, getting yips or anything in the kicking game. Evan, on the defensive side of the football, a lot of people have forgot about the national champion Desmond Little for the LSU Tigers who portals over to UAB. He's been busy defensively for the Blazers. To go along last week, I heard of true freshman Christopher Bracey's name called as he comes in and gets his first collegiate interception for UAB. So, again, this roster of UAB littered with Mobile, Alabama players. Uh, well, that that really goes back to the Bill Clark era. Uh, you know, obviously he spent time at South Alabama uh, as a defensive coordinator there. Uh, and, you know, and he met uh, uh, Bryant Benson there when he was the head coach at uh, Spanish Fort. So a lot of uh, – a lot of inroads in the South Alabama area, especially Spanish Ford. Uh, they've had a, quite a bit of Spanish Ford guys on that roster the last few years. So that just goes a lot back to Brian Benson and, uh, and Bill Clark having those connections to the South Alabama area, which has enabled them to get a lot of South Alabama talent, which we know is, you know, pretty good. Uh, but, you know, it's so much more on this defense that they just need to, uh, uh, you look at Desmond Little, you know, he's doing well, but they also need to get a lot more from that pass rush uh, room uh, with him, Michael Moore, uh, a couple other guys in there but you know Desmond Little is definitely a guy who's uh really uh you know really impressed so far this season well the UAB Blazers taking on the number one team in the country are favored to lose by 42 and a half that's the spread right there and I mentioned it if you can lose by 28 or less I think you're doing something maybe they got a little confidence seeing South Carolina stick around against Georgia at home but ultimately Evan what do you feel the outcome will be for UAB as they get ready to enter conference play following this game with Georgia? Uh, ultimately, I think Georgia will take the game. Uh, they're just talented a bit too much. Uh, the last time uh, UAB went in there, they lost 56-7, to uh, and that was a pretty good UAB team uh, that year. And uh, this year is not as good uh, you know, just from uh, what we've seen on the field. But, you know, anything can change in a week. They can uh, step up their uh, offensive line play, their defensive line play. But ultimately, I think Georgia, even with the injuries uh, it's having to deal with right now, will be a bit too strong for UAB. Now, that being said, if they can keep it, you know, within four touchdowns, I believe that'll give them a lot of confidence heading into conference play, which starts next week at Tulane. Uh, uh, so that's not going to be an easy deal for them, and it only gets harder throughout the season. Evan, can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy Friday schedule to talk a little bit about the UAB Blazers and especially their matchup not only with Georgia this week, but moving forward against Tulane. We'll definitely keep an eye on how Trent Dilfer continues to do as he's one of those coaches that he's not one to hold his tongue. And he's going to speak what's on his mind, whether it's about his team or in general about college football, because he he said it a couple of days ago, the SEC environments are better to him than winning and playing in a Super Bowl. So that just goes to show football, it just means more here in the South for sure. 
Absolutely. Uh, always uh, thank you uh, for having me on there, Corey, and uh, look forward to talking to you all later this season. Evan, how can people follow your Blazer coverage that you do? Uh, they can go to al.com forward slash UAB, or they can follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, uh, at Dudley Durot, A-L, uh, Rot as in W-R-I-T-E. Thank you so much, Evan. Look forward to talking to you again very soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Here on the final drive, we mentioned earlier looking for caller number five. Caller number five, 251-694-1055. We have seven games to choose from. FSU, Clemson, Auburn, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and New Orleans, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, Rams, and Cincinnati. Caller number five here to the final drive is what we're taking, and I know the lines lit up real quick. Caller, who's on the air? Wait a sec. We got a caller who wanted to make a comment. Oh. Before, Before uh, it's light. Caller. That's a, that's why it's lighting up. So go I'll ahead, let caller. You talk to him while I get the fifth call. There we go. Who am I speaking with on the final so, drive? Jay, it's Jay. Jay, how Corey, are you doing? You get an F, you get an F on your homework for the UAB Blazers. Okay, go right when ahead. Talk, when you're talking about you, when you're talking about the local kids, do you know where every offensive stop starts? It starts with the center position. Former Toro Brady Wilson is the starting center for UAB. Hey, look. It, Come on, Corey. You, you, Give you, the big uglies a little love. <laughs> no, no love lost for the big uglies for sure there, as Evan did mention. Look, the roster is absolutely littered with Spanish four players, Mobile and Baldwin County players, as evidence in a previous coaching regiment. But thank you for always showing local love Appreciate that very much. Appreciate it. Caller number five here is what we're looking for, and we have nailed caller uh, number five. Our guy Wesley. Wesley. Try and go undefeated and get some SEC championship tickets. Wesley, welcome to the final drive. I'm glad you're caller number five. Do you have that good juju, that mojo about you today now? I always do. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Let's fire away here, Wesley. We're going to say Florida State at Clemson. Who do you like? I'm going Clemson. You're going Clemson with the upset. All right. Auburn at Texas A&M. A&M. He's going A&M at home. Ole Miss at Alabama. Got to go Bama. We're going roll tide there. Ohio State at Notre Dame. I'm going with the away team, the Buckeyes. Going with the Buckeyes right there. Good choice. Going to go with a little NFL action now. New Orleans at Green Bay. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints, though. I think they go up there and get it done. That's what I'm talking about. Faith in Derek Carr. Now, here's a matchup, great NFL matchup. Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders. Go with, go, go with Las Vegas. All right. That means Josh Jacobs has to turn it back up and get things going. And the last one, Rams and Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I think they're going to get off this night this now, week. Some people think Ooh. Joe Burrow might not play on Monday Does night. Does that sway you at all? <laughs> 
No, not really. I, I, I think Cincinnati's going to win regardless of who plays next week. Who they? Who they? He's going to go with who they? The Bengals. All, All right. right. So to recap, you you, you're rocking with Clemson. You're rocking Texas A&M, Alabama, Ohio State, New Orleans Saints, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Cincinnati Bengals. That is correct. And I want to make one thing clear before y'all let me go. Sure. All right. Roll, roll, Tide. Hey, hey, Nick has your information, right? He's got, got all your already. information. <laughs> so, hey, I will say roll, Tide, roll right back at you. And even Nick Wiggins. I'm rolling with the Tide The this Alabama weekend. Crimson Tide this week. Hey, but let me ask you a question. It wasn't, uh, do you believe in Dion? Uh, yes, I believe in Dion. I believe Dion is the greatest cornerback of all time. And I believe he's a pretty good coach right now and probably getting better as he goes along. All right. I'll buy all of those. No arguments there as far as Dion being one of the greatest corners of all time, if not the greatest corner of all time. Now, I will say this, Nick, a little bit before your era, but you definitely can look at all that was accomplished by Bo Jackson and Dion Sanders, mm -hmm. who was a better two-way athlete, Bo or Dion? I don't really know much about either of their baseball careers and how successful they were. So, Shortened for both. Right. I know football was the main thing they did. Uh, I can't speak on it. I, I don't I don't I don't All have right. the, I'm gonna uh, speak on it for you. All right, please do. Deion Sanders. All right. Better than Bo. Okay. As far as from a two way standpoint. Now, if Bo would have stayed healthy and had a chance to play a little bit more football and play a little bit more baseball, I, I think that from a two-way athlete standpoint, two of the greatest that you'll ever see. All right, well, who do you think is the best two-sport athlete of all time? The best two-sport athlete of all time? Deion Sanders has to be right up there with what he was able to accomplish. I mean, the man played two sports – in almost a day, you yeah. go from playing from the, for the Braves and then you turn around and show up for the Falcons or vice versa, however he did it. You know who is low-key, and I know I'm going to get hated on for this. All right, come on low with Low-key, one of the best athletes to play two sports. Come with it. LeBron James. Yeah, what would be his second sport? Football. Yeah. He would be... A top possible player or that actually played? In high school, he was going to be a top wide receiver recruit to go and play for Ohio State, but he chose hooping instead. No, no, I'm going to tell you where you're wrong. Where you're wrong right here, Allen Iverson was a hell of a better Allen Iverson was a quarterback. Yeah. Man, go, go, go see his stuff in high school no, from I the quarterback I watched the documentary. position. So, so – LeBron could can't nah, even LeBron, come close. If LeBron would have chose football, he he would be uh, what Travis Kelsey is right now. No, nah, I'm just come telling on, you. I'm just telling eight. you. When you look at two sport athletes, Deion Sanders definitely is right up there, and that's where I'll give him his flowers. What he was able to accomplish for certain, and what he's been able to accomplish with Buffalo, the Colorado Buffalo, still does not make me a believer. I just think that when you do see elite athletes like Travis Hunter, even though he's not a two-sport athlete, he's a two-way athlete yeah. and can get it done in multiple ways for certain. You're listening to The Final Drive on WNSP 
105.5 Court of Bounty. And Nick Wiggins coming up at 5 o'clock. Travis Brown, he covers the Texas A&M Aggies for the Eagle. He'll give us that Aggies perspective on that 12th man advantage against the Auburn Tigers coming up at 5 o'clock. So you don't want to miss that interview with Travis. The final drive on WNSP 105.5. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Juan Sierra, former South Alabama Jaguar, former MLB player, and you're listening to WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Bounty, along with Nick Wiggins, joining you on this fantastic football field final edition of Friday football here. And, and the final drive on Fridays is always great because you look at so many teams that are going to try to make that final drive to win the games on Friday nights, on Saturday and Sundays, collegiately and in the NFL. South Alabama Jaguars, they're taking on Central Michigan, Nick. You like the Jaguars to have an opportunity to move to 3-1 and one before they go on the road against James Madison, who is one of the elite Sunbelt Conference teams? I do. I do think that they need to be careful, though, not going in there too overly confident coming off that Oklahoma State game because you know Central Michigan is looking to sneak up on them and expecting that. So they just need to go into this game the same way they went into that Oklahoma State game, put on a show for the home crowd, don't sleepwalk in the first half and come back in the second half like you did against Southeast Louisiana. Be there, be ready from the jump, and I think that they'll be able to handle their business. Yeah, I'm with you that South Alabama is not going to have a letdown. I think that you can't take anything away from Central Michigan because when you look at who Central Michigan has battled so far in their losses to start the season, you lose to Michigan State 31-7, to and then you turn around last week and lose to Notre Dame 41-17. to Two college football heavy hitters. They're hungry for a win. They, they have that one against UNH, but what does that really do for you? Where does that New Hampshire, how does that, that doesn't register the same as coming and beating a Jaguar team that absolutely pummeled Oklahoma State, a power five school on the road. So it is, you talked about the trap games that are available for college football this week. For the Jaguars, it being homecoming, you have all the alumni coming back into town. You have the celebration that you have of being able to call it homecoming at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. Don't get caught up thinking that it's going to be easy. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that this game for sure is going to be easy for the Jaguars. 16.5-point favorites is what South Alabama comes in and listed as. So, you know, whether South Alabama covers it or not, to me, the only thing they need to cover is by winning by that one-point margin. That's the only thing that you're worried about because next week when you travel and you start Sunbelt Conference play against one of the best teams in the Sunbelt Conference, 
you have a chance to really show what you're made out of and have a lot of momentum because for the last six quarters, the Jaguars have dominated their opponent. And you need to get off to a strong start here if you're South Alabama to do well. Our number three of the final drive coming up, Travis Brown. He covers the Texas A&M Aggies for the Eagle. A big-time perspective there on what the Aggies have to do to make Jimbo's job a lot easier, to make former Blunt High School and former Auburn quarterback superstar Damian Craig's day a lot happier in College Station. We'll talk to Travis Brown next on The Final Drive. The Sound of Mobile presents For the, win. the final drive. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. Yep. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Nick Wiggins. For the win. Yes. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSC 105.5. Corey LeBounty and Nick Biggins joining you on this fantastic football field Friday. And we wanted to get the Texas A&M Aggie side of things. And who better to do so than to talk with our good friend Travis, who covers the Aggies for the Eagle. And Travis, welcome to the final drive. Here on WNSC 105.5. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, we can't thank you enough for joining us this afternoon. When you look at Jimbo Fisher, it's been the talk of the SEC in regards to whose seat is the hottest. And a lot of talk has gone into buying out Jimbo Fisher, but I think that this game right here, being the opener for Jimbo, in College Station, he loses to Auburn, and that hot seat, man, I, I just know it gets hotter in Texas, but that buyout becomes something that a lot of people start talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think that there, you know, he was given a little bit of a lifeline this year with the uh, chance to hire Bobby Petrino and let Bobby Petrino take over that offensive play calling uh, and uh, see how that goes. There, there's plenty of metrics that you can look at that actually has shown that that offense has made huge strides, not to mention just the points that they put on the board. He has a quarterback and Connor Wegman, who is – uh, at the tops of a lot of stats in the SEC. Uh, and so I think uh, it's proven that there is the resources to win here in uh, College Station right now. It's just a matter of uh, if they can get it done. And this is the big first big test this weekend against Auburn. You guys have already played I against some top 25 now competition in Miami. This is by far going to be the toughest competition that Auburn has played being you guys do you think that gives you guys an advantage even though you did lose to Miami but the fact that you have played a high caliber team and you have that chip on your shoulder hey I, 
I think when this is all said and done, Miami is going to be a team that everybody looks back at and said, hey, that's that was a that was a tough out. Um, there's teams that you know early in the season that that uh, teams can play and lose to, and they kind of say that, and maybe those teams look back. But um, Tyler Van Dyke is the real deal. Good quarterback. That defense was flying around. I think that they're they have every shot to be in contention at the top of the ACC. So yeah, I do think that um, it's going to to put A&M in a good spot, having been in that situation and seen where some of their uh, deficiencies are against a good defense and a, a really good quarterback. Um, but, but I do also think that some of the things that Miami was able to exploit about A&M, I'll be interested to see if Auburn has the same kind of uh, capabilities. I know their, their pass rush isn't nearly as potent as Miami's was, and that's one of the real ways they're able to slow down uh, the A&M offense was a lot of blitzes, getting a lot of guys, uh, uh, using a lot of ex exotic looks beforehand to uh, get some guys free and, and running at Connor Wegman. I don't know if Auburn has that same kind of potency in the pass rush to cause that disruption. And I and I, there's not many teams around the country that have as good of a quarterback as Tyler Van Dyke um, that can sling it around. So I, 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 I'll be interested to see if how much of that Miami tape uh, Hugh Freeze and his staff take guitars and try to execute maybe some of that, or if they have the, t the, the talent in the right spots to be able to do that kind of same thing that Miami was able to do to, to beat A&M. We're speaking with Travis Brown. He covers the Texas A&M Aggies for the Eagle. And, Travis, one of the dynamics that I love about this Texas A&M-Auburn matchup is the fact that you do have former Auburn quarterback Damian Craig having an opportunity to get a crack back at the Auburn Tigers, especially after what happened one year ago when Carnell Cadillac Williams makes his debut as the interim head coach at Auburn and comes away with the victory. Yeah, what a game that was last year, too, because, like, you, you, you want to go in and remember the games that you covered that were two great teams going out there and battling for college football playoff berths and conference titles. But that's actually kind of one that I'm going to remember for a while, too, because it was two teams that were uh, going nowhere fast. And it, it needed to be a big momentum boost of a game. And, uh, you know, Auburn won that. And it was a cool scene after the game to see all the players run in and jump it in the stands. I mean, it, it was kind of one of those celebrations like like, like you see after winning a, a big bowl game. But, but it was just, you know, winning for that coach and, and winning for uh, – to try to kind of turn things around, man. That that was that was a cool atmosphere and a cool game. Uh, Damian Craig, yeah, he's a guy that's been around at A and M since Jimbo Fisher's got here. Of course, one of uh, Jimbo's longtime guys. It's it's been interesting to see where he's actually been able to make his his fit in this A and M staff because he came in, started with the wide receivers. The wide receivers kind of underperformed. Jimbo Fisher moved him to quarterbacks last year, uh, and then shuffled things around again with the new offensive coordinator and kind of moved him back um, over to wide receivers and just kind of finding his niche in this. I, I, everyone knows he's a good recruiter, a good asset to have on the staff um, in that regard, but it, it's been uh, a little bit of a shuffling since he's been here to kind of find where his spot is in the coaching staff. What aspect of this Auburn football team or what position group do you see potentially giving Texas A&M the most trouble on Saturday? 
Yeah, you know, I think that the biggest matchup probably is going to be uh, A&M's pass offense against the pass defense. Auburn's had a, a really standout uh, pass defense so far, and I, I, the, the name escapes me because I'm actually driving right now. Uh, but your, your guy that, that has, what, three interceptions already in two games, I don't know if he's going to be uh, injured or not for this game. But there is – I think to see how uh, – this might be one of the best – coverage defenses that A&M has seen so far. Uh, Miami's, their their coverage strategy was get to Connor Wigman fast and not make the cornerbacks have to guard this really talented core of A&M wide receivers. I think this is going to be a little bit different where the guys out there in the field are going to be covering and trying to to put guys on islands, and um, that's going to be a really, really good matchup uh, in this game. A&M's offensive line has, has not been great so far this year. They've been good, good enough, but not great. That's always going to be a question mark heading into this one, so how they can do in, in pass rush. And then A&M's defensive secondary has been pretty pretty mediocre this season too. So could be a good day to pass the ball all the way around. Um, I'm curious to see how that works, but I think probably I'm going to have my eye on is A&M's passing offense against uh, uh, Auburn's defensive secondary. Travis Brown, Texas A&M reporter for the Eagle, joining us on this football field Friday final drive edition. Also, when you do look at the 11 a.m. kickoff, do you think that that will be any type of difference maker or advantage for Auburn traveling and having that 11 a.m. kickoff? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the I think every team has to play in. You know, usually one or two 11 o'clock games per year. Uh, the veteran guys are used to it. Kyle Field is going to have people in the stands no matter what time of the day it is. So you're still going to get that home field advantage. I don't know if the 11 o'clock game makes a whole lot of difference. Might, might, you know, sometimes with those 11 o'clock games and with any team, it takes. There's a few more jabs thrown early and no real haymakers, so maybe it takes a little bit of time for both teams to kind of get settled into the game. I think more than anything, if you want to kind of look at a statistical something or something like that, it's up until these last couple of years, if you're the home team, you're, you're not winning this game. There was that streak there for, what, five or six years where the, the visiting team always won the game. So uh, I always look to see if something like that might be more of a trend if they bring that back. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think 11 o'clock kick is, is much of something to, to put uh, on either of these teams. So far, you look at Texas A&M and the prospects that they have. One thing that you can't knock Jimbo Fisher on is his ability to continue to recruit four- and five-star athletes. And that's what Hugh Freeze made mention to earlier this week, the number of great athletes that are on this roster is to where Auburn wants to be here in the next couple of years. Uh, yeah, they've recruited really well, and, you know, there was a storyline coming out of last season of the 26 players that transferred out of, of A&M, and they only brought in about nine. But when you really look at the guys that transferred out, it was it was second-string, third-string depth guys that kind of wanted to get that playing time. They were able to keep intact the, the vast majority of that uh, 2022 number one uh, all-time signing class. Uh, and where you really see that impact is on –
class. He's been starting on the defensive line and, and having a good season. Uh, Connor uh, Wegman was a part of that class as well, the quarterback. Um, so I said come through uh, experience and, and, and a little bit of time, this has become that 2022 class's team. And so a lot of the success that you're going to see out of there is because of that good recent recruiting uh, Jimbo Fisher and his staff has done. Well, I'm looking forward to this matchup, and I know a lot of prognosticators don't really give Auburn that big of a chance. I know my co-worker, my partner here, Nick Wiggins, he picks Texas A&M by double digits. And I know you guys on the Eagles do some picking as well. I know you probably have the Aggies winning, but what do you see this point spread being or – what do you see the margin of victory being for A&M? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I have a point spread in my mind. I did pick A&M to win um, because I, I do think that uh, some of Auburn, some of the things that A&M does well uh, just fits into some of the deficiencies that Auburn's have. And, and uh, y'all can speak to this a little bit better, at least a more more updated than I can, that, that Auburn's dealing with some, some injury situations coming into this game as well. A&M is pretty pretty well mostly healthy uh, heading into this game, which which helps them too. Um, I, for those reasons, I'm picking A&M, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still don't know, I will say this, I still don't know what this A&M defense is. I, I don't know if it's, uh, if the secondary really is as um, mediocre as they've been early in the season uh, and if um, the pass rush can get to the to the quarterback with a little bit more consistency and so there's always going to be that question mark if the A&M's defense comes out and lays an egg there, there's every chance that Auburn has to, to win this game um, so until A&M proves to me that that their defense it was maybe just early season jitters or getting into the system a little bit more. Uh, it's going to be a close game with most of these SEC games in, in my mind. Appreciate your time, Travis, giving us that Texas A&M insight, and you do a great job of not only covering Aggie football, but really all the Texas A&M athletics. How can people follow all of your coverage and get up-to-date pre-game, post-game coverage of this Texas A&M Auburn contest? Sure thing. All the, the writing and the videos are on theeagle.com, and then you can find me on Twitter uh, at Travis underscore L underscore Brown. Travis, thank you so much, and we look forward to talking to you as the SEC season progresses. You got it, guys. Take care. Travis Brown joining us this evening here on the final drive on WNST 105.5. Nick Wiggins and I will be right back. This is George Pada, bench coach of the Houston Astros, and you're listening to WNST. back to the final drive and as we do every friday we gotta look at these betting lines see if we can get a little extra change in our pocket and thicken up those wallets 
And as always, we do that with none other than the Sports Prophet. You can find him at, at sportsprofit underscore on Twitter, thesportsprofit.com, or you can just call him Cooper Cox. Cooper, how you doing, man? Yeah, Nick, doing great. Uh, good week last week, so looking to keep it going. Yes, sir. Well, look, big game this Saturday, Alabama with a very odd game against USF. Now they got Ole Miss coming into town. What's your opinion, and what are you looking at in that game? Yeah, an odd game. I, I think that's well said, um, to say the least. Um, you know, I, I, I think this will, you know, this will be a little bit as far as back to normal expectations. However, um, I do think Bama, you know, doesn't really look like Bama, and and um, this this line is sitting at minus seven. Uh, Ole Miss three and zero. They've been fortunate as well uh, in some games. You know that they were lucky enough to, um, you know, miss out on having to play against a Tulane starting quarterback, and, and that was a game that was a lot closer than the final score and would have potentially gone the other way if uh, Pratt had played for Tulane. That's their starting quarterback. So, you know, two teams that that seem to be maybe a little bit overvalued. But I'm going to be zoning in on a player prop on this game. Um, Jalen Milrow, you know, obviously it's it's been all over the news. He got benched last week uh, against USF. That didn't go very well. He's back in the saddle. He's the QB1 again for this game at home against Ole Miss. I think we're going to see a lot of QB runs. I think we're going to get, going to see a lot of going back to the basics, uh, doing what he's good at in a game like this and trying to lean on the defense. Uh, I'm taking Jalen Milrow over a half a touchdown. So just anytime touchdown um, to find the end zone on the ground for Jalen Milrow, that's about minus 150. Uh, a little bit pricey, a little bit juicy, but I'm willing to pay the juice because I think he gets in the end zone uh, on the ground at least once or twice in this game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a pretty good bet. Um, what What about – so? This is a game that I think has a lot of college football playoff implications. This isn't SEC, but this is Notre Dame, Ohio State. Notre Dame has looked really good this year. Ohio State, they've struggled against some lesser opponents, but still undefeated. What are you thinking about this one? Yeah, big game. I mean, arguably the game of the weekend, uh, although we, we do have a great slate overall tomorrow. There's tons of good games. This line right now is Notre Dame plus three, so home dog here. Um, I've got it on uh, good information that Ohio State is going to have 20,000-plus at this game. Uh, so it, it could potentially feel like a little bit more of a neutral site game than a normal Notre Dame home game. Uh, but I'm not interested in a side. I'm actually looking at the total in this game because – I think both defenses are, are borderline elite. I, I think um, what Notre Dame is going to want to do is run the ball. Well, Ohio State's top five in the country in run D. Uh, Notre Dame is, is top 20 in, in most defensive categories themselves. I think both teams come out, stick to their guns, stick to the game plan early in this game. Notre Dame's, like I said, they're going to try to, to lean on the run. Ohio State's got a new quarterback uh, in town, obviously. Fields is now with the Bears. So I'm looking at the first half total to go under 27 in this one. Okay, I like that. Yeah, a great defensive line out there with Notre Dame. Ohio State, they've had some trouble scoring against some opponents, so I'm definitely liking the under 
uh, with you there. Let's hop over to the NFL. Let's get out of college football for a sec. And remember, guys, we're talking to the Sports Prophet. That's at Sports Prophet underscore on Twitter. Cooper Cox here. Let's talk some NFL. A game I really like and a game that a lot on the line for these two teams, the 0-2 Vikings versus the 0-2 Chargers, two elite offenses. What are you thinking there, man? Yeah, you know, when, when you texted me before the show that we were going to be talking about this one, um, you know, I've got to be honest with you, I, I, it, it's a tough game. Um, so I looked into it. I, I've already been looking at this line during the week. Um, here, here's how the, what I feel about uh, the Vikings this year. So they go out and they get Brian Flores to come in and be their defensive coordinator. You might not see it on the box scores right now after two games, but the eye test is pretty obvious for me that this Vikings defense has improved. You know, the big play got to them last week against Philadelphia, um, but, you know, they honestly held their own with, you know, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year, so so they, they are not, not a bad team by any means. Um, I think the Vikings defense has improved. Um, I think the Vikings are going to have a coaching advantage here. Uh, Chargers coach, obviously, on the hot seat. You could make a case that both of these head coaches are on the hot seat, but um, another thing that I looked at this game, the Vikings have have lost six fumbles through the first two games, and they haven't been blown out by, by either team and either loss. So, um, you know, the offense looks good. Cousins looks good uh, with Jefferson, and uh, they got the, the rookie out of USC, uh, Jordan Addison, who looks fantastic. So they've, they've got a really good receiving core, really good offense. I think the defense has improved, although the, you know, the box scores may not say it right now. Uh, and I think the Chargers, unfortunately, are just going to be the kind of team that might score a ton of points all year and lose a lot of games because I don't think the defense is, is you know, what people were hoping it, it would be going into the season. Um, two desperate teams, you're right. I've got to take the home team that's looked like the better football team this season for me, and, and I would lean towards the Vikings on the money line. I like that, man. And I, I and see, that's why we have you on. I love that little that fumble fact. I, I never even knew that. I haven't seen that anywhere. But, I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, that's something you can't control. I think they, they lost by, what, six to Philly, three to Tampa Bay. So, no, nah, Minnesota, yep. man. They're doing it right, and hopefully I'm with you. They can get that dub. What about uh, what's your best bet this week, man? What What can you give us? Yeah, so obviously it's Friday. Um, I'm going to give a college football best bet again. Um, they, they've been going pretty well, um, you know, as far as coming on on Friday. We, we, we've had a pretty good record so far. Uh, lines have moved a lot since since lines post early in the week, but I'm going to give out UCLA plus four against Utah. Uh, UCLA is going up to the elevation against Utah. Uh, historically a good Utah spot. But every year is a new year, and, it, it, you know, I'm not a big trends guy, so you've got to kind of wipe the slate clean and, and, and look and see how teams are, are doing this year. Um, UCLA really underrated defense, and, and Utah is going to want to come out and run the ball, whether Cam Rising, their quarterback, plays or not. That's I don't think we're going to know until tomorrow, you know, at kickoff. Um, but they're going to want to lean on the run the way they have in their first three games. Uh, and UCLA right now has the best run defense in the Pac-12. 
um, and a much better offense than anybody that Utah has played. So you're giving me four, four and a half points with, with UCLA. I think they go up there and probably went outright. So give me the, the four and a half points for my best bet. Cooper, I like the sounds of that, man. If our listeners want to follow the, any more of your sports betting coverage and what you got going on, where can they find you at? Yep, I, I do want to mention real quick. Um, yeah, go for it. I have my first three-unit play of the season up and available at thesportsprofit.com. I only had five of these three-unit plays the entire season last year, and they went four and one. Uh, so feeling really good about this three-unit play. And, um, Nick, thanks for having me on, as always. Yeah, man, appreciate it. I'll be uh, tailing you this weekend, and I'll be talking to you next Friday. All right, sounds good. All right, guys. There it is. We gonna win any money uh, this weekend? I hope so. We got our, got our, our own little uh, sports profit over here in the Sound of Mobile app. I'll read off a couple of these for you. I'll, I'll read off half of them. The rest you'll have to download the app, and then you can see them there. Because maybe that'll boost up our app numbers. I don't know. He's got Notre Dame plus three and a half at minus one oh eight. He says, "Take it. Look, I." I like the Irish against Ohio State. Jordan, I'm rocking with you there. He says, first half Alabama versus Ole Miss over 27.5. Take it. All right. I like that. He's thinking they're going to be able to score some points. Colorado plus 21. Take it. He's got a little catchphrase. Take it. You know I'm rocking with my buffs. You know I'm rocking with Dion. You know I'm a believer, even though my co-host is not. Even though Jake Crane, who we had on at 3.30, who him and I see eye to eye on most things, even he is not. That's something that we disagree on. But, hey, you can't agree with someone on everything, right? If you're in a relationship and you and your spouse, your partner, agree on everything... Something ain't right, I don't think. Someone isn't really speaking their mind. Someone's biting their tongue. So look, this isn't love lessons with Nick. This is the final drive. So we're talking sports. And up next, I'm hoping, I know he's probably listening. He's probably cruising in here as I speak. Pigskin Pete. We're going to talk with him and see what these high school games are looking like around the county and what to watch for. I know a lot of our listeners right now are driving to those games, so when you're in the stands, you can download that app and you can see the little ticker on what every score is, but look, we'll be right back. This is the final drive, Pigskin Pete, coming up next. My name is Robert Brazil. I'm from the class of 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to WNSP. Final drive. Pigskin Pete is still making his final drive on the way to the studio. And look, he's going to be here till midnight. He might be stopping at uh, and picking up something to eat. I hope. That's going to be a long night. But it will go by quick because of all the great games going on around the county. You got Baker, Daphne, you got Spanish Fort Theodore here for the Greer's Market Game of the Week. You got Sarah Land, Robertsdale. 
Got a guy making a prediction on the score in the app. If you want to see what that is, download it and read it there. I'm not going to say it on air. I actually can't count that high. Uh, look, we've been talking Deion Sanders today, as has every other media outlet in the world. And here's something that was talked about on Undisputed. And it was about the topic of Deion Sanders becoming the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Let's hear what uh, Michael Irvin and Skip and all the guys had to say about that. And then we'll, we'll dissect it afterward. Deion Sanders want to go to Alabama. It's already been done. It's too easy. He wanted 1-11 at Colorado. He wanted Sleeping Giant because they won a national championship at Colorado. When I was growing up in Oklahoma City, one of our arch rivals at Oklahoma was Colorado. And one year in 1971, I was at Vanderbilt. The, it was in the Big Eight. They went 1-2-3 in the AP poll, and it was Nebraska, Oklahoma, Colorado. So they have history there. You went there and you were blown away by the mountain vista. It's so it's, it's so it really beautiful so there. Beautiful, man. He, I'm he, telling you. he can do you, everything at Colorado that he could go do at Alabama. That's Trust exactly. Me. In, unless the weather wears on him, because it's going well, to he, snow. Yeah, there. Maybe, okay. Maybe. <laughs> wow. He can do everything at Colorado that they can do at Alabama. They've got the history. They've got the legacy. Talk about those 90s Colorado teams. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I am a big Dion guy. But let's be honest. They couldn't even pay Dion his contract when he signed. Now, he has earned it to this point. But Alabama, Tuscaloosa, those guys out there with the Tide, they got a lot more money to play around with than Colorado does at the moment. Now, Skip Bayless is saying that Dion, he wanted the challenge. That's why he took Colorado. He likes being with the 1-11 team. He likes being the sleeping giant, as they said. And look, you want to talk about giants and no one sleeping. Oregon's going to be playing Colorado this Saturday, and they're a 21-point favorite. Jake Crane and Corey giving me all type of lip about them not covering. User in the app, Alabama beat the crap out of Colorado in the 90s. He censored crap. At least I hope that's what that uh, four-letter word that starts with a C is supposed to be. That's what I'm going to take it as. Uh, yeah, so look, is Colorado a better program than Alabama? No. Come on, people. Let's be realistic. They could get there, though, at least from a media standpoint. Now, when you come to, like, the legacy and the traditions of your program and your success, obviously Alabama is forever going to outweigh just about every college football program. But in this modern era of TV deals, NIL deals, giving everyone on ESPN sunglasses, Colorado will create their own version of tradition and legacy. And Deion Sanders has been doing it at a crazy rapid rate. I don't know. Look, college football has been going on for a long time. I don't know 
what you could compare this rapid rise and growth to. Now, when it comes to wins-losses, maybe there is a team that was so horrible one year and then the next year they were amazing and it was crazy. But with the media coverage, this is just unprecedented, right? I can't be alone on this, right? Alabama Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. Is it finally time? You got Golding out there as the defensive coordinator for Alabama. Does he know the secret sauce that goes into the sandwich? Does that give them the edge? They're watching the defensive film, and they're, they're picking out what staff members are calling each play. Jalen Milrow's back. Look, let me tell you my opinion on the Jalen Milrow thing. I think Jalen Milrow didn't perform as well as, obviously, the fans, the coaching staff wanted him to. So they said, hey, you know what, USF? We could probably start anyone out there and get a win. Let's go ahead and see what Buckner and what Simpson have. Maybe the body language thing was real, but I'm not really, I don't think that was the big determining factor. I think after USF, I think, I think Jalen Milrow could have been on the sideline flipping off Coach Saban and Nick Saban would have somehow twisted and said, ah, he's got intensity. We need him for Ole Miss, right? Because it doesn't matter how many high fives and, and pats on the butts Tyler Buckner's given on the sideline. That guy is not stepping on the field again for Alabama and for Nick Saban in a big game. And I think that in that game, they just realized, man, these we thought that was a rough game for Texas. There's, there's Jalen Milrow is the best thing we got. This offensive line, they're not doing him any favors. These running backs, they're not doing him any favors. And look, when you can have the best athlete on the field and have him at your quarterback position, and maybe he's going to make a bad decision on occasion, but he also has the ability to, on a fumble, pick it up and run it in for 30 yards and get a touchdown all by himself, you got to go with that guy, especially when you're in this position. And look, there's my guy, Pigskin Pete, walking in now. And look, I told y'all he did go get him something to eat. He's got a little to-go box with him. But look, guys, I mean, I, I don't think that – I know you guys all think I'm the Alabama hater. You, all, you guys all call me the Paul Feinbaum, Stephen A. Smith. I think Alabama's going to win. At home, they're not going to lose two games in a row at home in embarrassing fashion. They're not going to let Lane Kiffin get one. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. But I do think that they take care of business. Now, Texas A&M-Auburn, on that one, I do think A&M has the juice. I don't think Auburn has. And look, Jake Crane made a good point. They're playing with house money. What do they have to lose? Jimbo's the one who's about to lose his job. Hugh Freeze, he's safe. But... I think Texas A&M has played high-level competition higher than what Auburn's played to this point. I haven't really been that impressed with what I've seen from Auburn to this point, so I do give Texas A&M the edge. But look, that's Saturday. Let's talk about tonight. My guy, Pigskin Pete, he put the to-go box down. He's ready to talk some high school. And look, he, you, he, we're going to talk with him here for about four minutes, but you're going to hear a lot more of him tonight from now till midnight. 
Pigskin. How are you, man? I am doing great. It's a uh, another Friday in the fall, and you were just talking about college football. Yeah. And I, big follower. I think Bama's going to pounce them tomorrow. I really do. By I, how I, many I, points, man? At least fourteen. Okay. And, I, and this is this is a game which I've seen them in the past. Look, they're playing. I mean. I really think they did not play well last week. But, you know, because people are thinking Ole Miss really has a chance, I don't think Ole Miss is that strong. Yep. Um, I, I think Bama is maybe not at the caliber they've been in recent years, but they're still a really good football team. Right. And there's a, there's a lot of people wanting to prove that. I don't know if we're going to really get the answer tomorrow. Um, I think Bama's going to beat them, and, but I think they're going to have much tougher opponents coming up down the road. But I don't think this is going to be close. I have it being relatively close. I have it being low scoring. I don't know what my pick, my point prediction was from the first <laughs> hour. If you want to find out, you can find it online on Spotify and listen. There it is. By the way, I was don't always make predictions, but last week picked South Alabama to go up there and beat Oklahoma State. Hey. I felt it was all set up. Oklahoma State's a little down this year, but yeah. South's a good team. I, I think Coach Womack's got a really good team. Probably maybe the best team South's ever had. Better than last year's. Well, it's the mostly the same guys, right? It's so better than last year's. Worse. I really think it's better than last year's team. Okay. By the end of the year, um, they're going to – I don't want to put anything on – I don't know. I don't want to build up too much, but I really do think South Alabama has a chance for a big run. I know that Tulane loss was ugly, but Tulane's got a good team. I think when it's said and done, we'll go back and look at maybe their best team, one wow. of their best teams they've had since they've been there. Well, you know, they so what were, do you think they were you the think? cheese it national team of the week. <laughs> So they got a bunch of cheese. I didn't hear that. Yeah, they, the cheese it brand gave them a bunch of cheese it, shipped them in. So hey, that doesn't, that doesn't sound do like that. a like a big. Old, I mean, cheese it game of the week. It's kind of like really. Hey, you know, better than cheese nips, right? <laughs> uh, By the way, you like cheese it's They're good. I haven't had a cheese it in a minute. Oh man, those are. I used to really like, and I haven't had them or seen them in a while. Whales. It was like the off-brand goldfish, but uh. they were way cheesier. A lot of cheddar. Yeah. I don't remember whales. So, say, guys <coughs> out there, some of y'all know what I'm talking about with the whales. Are they still out there? I don't know. I haven't seen them in a while, but I haven't went shopping for whales <laughs> in a while <laughs> either. I actually, in my life, have never went shopping for whales. My mom had, and I just found them in the pantry. So, maybe they're still now, in there. I used there. to love goatfish. Yeah. But, you know, they got all these brands now. They got the garlic. They got the extra the rainbow cheddar, color, the, the pretzel, the marshmallow ones. I had marshmallow? Yeah. See, at that uh, point, you're starting to lose me. Like, just mm. keep it classic. Just yeah. keep it cheesy. Yeah. They got the flavor blast, the extreme. Yeah. But, Pigskin, I got to ask you. All right. What do you think is going to be the best game tonight? If I had to rank all the games, I think Daphne. Uh, I think Daphne Baker. I agree. Uh, probably most highlighted quarterback because with this quarterback that transferred into Malone, that transferred into Daphne, he's. He, I, I'm hearing he's really, really, really good. We know Josh Flowers has a lot of caliber. He, he's been good for a couple of years. Um, don't expect this to be a low-scoring game, and I think it could be one of the best games. I, I think Baker will win. Because Baker's really got a good team, but Daphne is a much better team, I think, with this new quarterback coming in. And they're starting to build that confidence up, too. So, um, And our buddy, let me see here, Scott Todd's going to be over there oh. uh, covering that game. So um, so we'll be getting I, a lot of in-depth analysis on that. Yeah. And Did you see the crowd last night at Mary Montgomery? I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Oh, well, I just saw well, it. They, they always pack out the crowd at MGM. 
Yeah, but and I imagine especially for when they're undefeated. coming, it was probably crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I think just being ranked, they've never been this high in 7A before. Yeah. Really good team. And uh, they always get pumped anyway. If, if they have a decent team, when they got a really good team, they're going to have some games, I think, Nick, coming down the road, they're going to have to get some extra bleachers in there. Really? Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. I mean, like standing room or something, I don't know what they'll have to do. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. uh, but that's just it's it's great if you looked at the if if you looked at the Mayor Montgomery side last night and you're watching the game and just to see it packed out, um, that's yeah. what high school is all about. And that one got away from Bryant quick. Ooh. I think it was 28-0 with five minutes in the first quarter. But yep. I'll tell you what yep. is going to be a good game here in the future. Baker MGM. That is going to be. You want to talk about extra bleachers, standing room, <laughs> man. That could be the game they put extra bleachers. <laughs> you know, two quarterbacks, Jared Hollins and Josh Flowers. I mean, oh. going head to head, and we we prom. You know, we always like prominently mention these players, but defense, offense. There's a lot of good yeah. players on both sides of the ball in both those programs, and that's that's fun to watch. That's right. Well, yep. look, I got one more segment real quick. I'll kind of preview some stuff that's going to go down over the weekend. We'll recap the show a little bit. And then I'll pass the pigskin over to my guy and let him take it till midnight. So, guys, this is the final drive. We'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Jimmy Ripple from Gator Boys, and you're listening to WNSP on 105.5. 